I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. One of my all-time favorite Christians is Sarah Miles, an Episcopal laywoman, member of St. Gregory of Nyssa and San Francisco, founder of a food pantry that gives away food every Friday right around the altar where communion is given on Sundays. Miles is amazing in many ways, not least of which is as a writer and chronicler of the Christian life. In her first book, Take This Bread, A Radical Conversion, Miles traces her life before and after her surprising conversion to Christianity. First, she was an atheist. Then she wandered into St. Gregory of Nyssa's, took communion, and suddenly, shockingly, found herself drawn to Jesus. Her first book is about conversion and the power of God working in her life. Miles followed that book with Jesus Freak, Feeding, Healing, Raising the Dead. That book is all about the power we have been given by the Holy Spirit to be the body of Christ, God's hands on earth. The first book is about resurrection, God's power to bring forth new life out of what is broken and dead and sinful. The second book is about the ascension, Jesus going to the Father and leaving us power through the Holy Spirit to do God's work on earth. We Christians often refer to ourselves as resurrection people, which is true. We are a people who know that God's power is stronger than earthly power. We are a people who know that sin and death and loss do not get the last word. Forgiveness and life and God's power are the last words. But too often we forget that we are also people of the ascension who have been given the power to feed and forgive, to heal and raise the dead. And no wonder we forget that. Many of us are not comfortable with claiming power. We don't want to make too much of ourselves. We shy away from making faith claims that might make others uncomfortable. And we're in good company. The disciples and all who followed Jesus, men and women, outcasts and those whom he had healed and loved, they had been celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and his return to them. In today's reading, the disciples ask the question of their deepest longing. Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? In other words, will you make all things right and be in charge from now on? But Jesus says, it's not for them to know what the Father is up to or the Father's timing. Rather, they will receive the power from the Holy Spirit and be Jesus' witness throughout the world. And then as they watch, Jesus is lifted up, returned to the Father. 
The crowd stands in amazement, staring skyward, wondering what just happened. And who can blame them? How often have each of us stared upwards or screwed up our eyes in prayer, asking God to do something? Asking God, what's next? Waiting and watching for God's next move. But note what happens next in Acts. While they're all looking up, mouths sort of hanging open, gawking at the sky, two men in white robes appear, angels, messengers. And instead of providing comfort, they give them a kick in the pants. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This question echoes the question that the angel asked at the empty tomb on Easter. Why do you look for the living among the dead? As usual, we're looking in the wrong place. We look for the living among the dead. We look up instead of out. Out to one another, out into the world. We gaze up at heaven even though Jesus has blessed us and sent us out to be his witnesses. Yes, we must look to God. Yes, we must trust in God, of course, but these angels and Jesus remind us that we are not to wait for what's next. We're not to wait for God to deliver the kingdom, but to continue the work that God has begun in Jesus Christ. We are to go out. We are to witness to the good news. We are to feed and heal, forgive and love, and yes, even raise the dead. In Jesus Freak, Miles tells a story of leaving a teeming crowd in a long day at the food pantry, only to find an elderly woman from the food pantry waiting at the bus stop, weighed down with her heavy grocery bags. The woman was thankful for her groceries, but was lamenting that she wasn't sure she'd be able to get them onto the bus and then off again to go home. And Miles, who didn't have a car and was exhausted from a day at the food pantry, stood there, wondering what she could do. When another pantry patron, a mentally ill man who spent as much time ranting incoherently as anything else, walked over just as the bus pulled up, the two of them hauled the woman's grocery bags onto the bus. As she disappeared inside, the woman raised her hand and testified, I know the Lord will always send me help. Later, Miles told this story to her wife, who was completely unimpressed. <laughs> Couldn't the Lord have sent her a taxi at least? <laughs> Instead of a crazy guy and some feeble middle-aged lady? And she's still got to take the 22 Fillmore for an hour? No, Miles said. Jesus has a sense of humor. He just sends us. Jesus 
has a sense of humor, he just sends us. Well, beloved, that's about the truth of it. That's what it means to be ascension people. We don't stand looking up at the sky, powerless, asking God to do all the heavy lifting. God has already created us in God's image. God has given us the Holy Spirit, forgiven us for all the crazy we get ourselves into, and loves us like mad. The least we can do is share it. The least we can do is share all that we have been given. So let's claim our identity as the body of Christ. We're already feeding, whether one another at coffee hour or making and serving meals at day spring and outreach each month. We're already healing, whether at the prayer station on Sunday or by talking, taking the time to sit with someone who is grieving or in trouble. We're already raising the dead as we welcome and love whoever comes through the doors into our little body of Christ here at 16th and Central and by celebrating the lives of those who have gone before us. God is here with us. We are the body of Christ. So why, why do we stare up at heaven? Let's accept that there is more to do always, of course. There are people to feed, friend or stranger, at Dayspring or Outreach, or in some new way that we have not yet even imagined. There are people to heal, always. Someone lonely or hurting who needs a listening ear, someone who has hurt you but who needs forgiveness. There are the dead who need raising those who have been rejected by others because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity, because of their race or ethnicity. There are those who have been lost or forgotten because they wrestle with addiction or mental health issues or because they are ill or in mourning. We can offer new life by sharing good news and the love of the body of Christ. In his prayer today, Jesus prays for us. He asks God to protect we who are in the world, even though he must now leave the world. So let's not stare up into heaven, waiting for the coming of the kingdom. We who are in the world, must love it, must love it and one another for the sake of God. After all, Jesus has a sense of humor. He just sends us to do the work he has given us to do, to love and serve as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.